You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. As always, we got special people on the podcast sharing dope and vulnerable moments. I got no other than to miss Janelle Davis on. That's good. What's up? How are you? I'm great. Glad to have you back. Right. (laughs) This is part two because he deleted part one. I I still got the actual episode. I just don't have the audio. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. It's like I can't use the camera audio because it won't make your voice sound as elegant as it does. Oh, you know what? We got to have. Got to. We have to have the. the, the, What is it called? The. Silent storm. The quiet storm. Quiet. <laughs> the, we have to have the quiet storm voice going on in the microphone. Okay, so proceed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? How you feeling? I am feeling good. I'm in a very good place. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Why I are you am. in this good space? Wow. Um. So many things are happening, and I. <sighs> It's just like a shift is happening and I see God moving and the movement is happening because of being obedient. Mm. And so um, now I'm seeing what happens when you're obedient to what he's telling you to do and how he's telling you to do it um, and not being fearful of doing those things and just pushing forward and things come into place. Mm. So yeah. has obedience always been a thing for you? <clears throat> Uh, it has not always been a thing for me. Sometimes I didn't do it because I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I didn't do it because I was afraid to do it. Um, wanting, want me not wanting to is just me wanting to do what my flesh tells me to do. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So you are in my eyes, a superhero. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I've, you know, you've been a great inspiration Oh, thank you, Javon. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because one, you're Janelle. Well, actually, no, one, you're a mom. Yes. Two, you're Janelle. Yes. And then three, you're a business owner. Yes. Four, you're a full-time employee. Yes. And you're killing it in all spaces. Okay. I feel, I, I'll, me, I'll receive outside it. Looking, I, outside looking at it, I yes. feel that you are because it's like, I hear a lot of stories of single moms and how they, I hear like a, a lot of complaining from sometimes from some single moms. Like, yeah. oh, it's a single mom, just this and that, woe is me. But I've never heard a complaint come out of your mouth about being a single mom at all. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're absolutely right. Um, I think I did in the past because mm-hmm. I was upset, not upset, but found it to be unfair that I had to do it all on my own especially financially that I think that was the hardest part financially. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, or I used to say, God, just bring somebody to pay half the bills. <laughs> <laughs> and um, because at the time her yeah. dad was around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like she, I didn't want a better male figure in her life. I did because he was not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least she had dad. Yeah. And when he left in 2017, then things kind of just shattered. In 2017, I left my abusive relationship in the beginning of the year, literally in January. And then in December, her dad left Mm. permanently. And so that was crushing for her. So we were both just in a really 
bad place. But as far as like complaining, um, this journey with her has just been uh, a real blessing. I would not be where I am today if I didn't have her and if I wasn't a single mom. It would mm. be totally different. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so ambitious and go after the things that I want for myself and for her. So you feel as if you birthed her in pur on purpose. Right. Even yeah. though, was she a planned kid or was it like a... Oh, she was oops. definitely unplanned. <laughs> Surprise. I was like, crap. I was a sophomore in college. Uh -huh. You know, living my life with a 1.85 GPA. I was happy. Wait, hold up. You had a 1.8? I had a 1.85. I always thought you were like super smart. I w was in high school and then college. You know, you got freedom in college. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I had my own car. I had my own place. You know, we was wilding out and having fun. Mm -hmm. And I was on probation, academic probation. I've been there before. <laughs> and uh, when I got pregnant, things got real. And mm. I was like, crap. And so, um, yeah, she, she's just been a blessing. Uh Everything changed. I went from 1.85 to 3.85 to 4.0, and I graduated with a cumulative 3.85 uh, GPA for my bachelor's degree. Now, my master's dropped a little bit, but that's because it was real hard. I got an MBA in finance, and it kicked my butt. I, but I still think I got uh, 3.0, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Single mom. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. What... What were some of the woes of a single mom? Like, you know, what are some of your hardships? Though I say, I, I did say, I never heard you complain. Mm -hmm. But as a younger single mom, because you had her at what age? 19. So at 19 years old versus your current age now, mm -hmm. and you look back, what were some of the issues and the hardships that you faced as a single mom? Um, the initial issues was that she was just so sick mm. uh, because she was... Wow, I just thought about it. My GPA was 1.85 my freshman year. I had her and she was 1.85 pounds. Just noticed that. Uh, Study your child's weight. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, but uh, I guess God was preparing me. 1.85. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what you're going to get. So, um, yeah, she, the, the, the initial challenges was that she was so sick. She was... She almost died three times. They had to bring her back to life. Her organs were failing. They told me she wasn't going to make it. They told me she was deaf uh, for the first three months of her life. They told me that she was going to lose her eyesight. They told me so many different things. Um, but the thing about when she was in the hospital for five months, I knew she was going to make it. People thought I was crazy because I was traveling back and forth to school, to the hospital. And that was about a three to four hour drive, mm -hmm. you know, but I would go to school during the week and come see her on the weekends. And I had my mom going up there during the week to check on her and people judged me for it, but I knew what I knew and they didn't. And that's okay. And so, um, she came home five months later, uh, 10 medications, oxygen and, uh, the heart monitor. She didn't cry for a whole year. You couldn't hear her. She had no voice for a year. I still don't understand why. Well, actually, I do. She has chronic lung disease. So she has so much fluid in her body. It just didn't allow her lungs to do what it was supposed to do. And for whatever reason, you couldn't hear her cry. Um, her mouth may open, but that was about it. Um, so that was the initial challenge because I was in school. When she came home, I was taking eight classes um, at Bowie State University and then I was also working for United States Department of Agriculture. 
And I think at that time I was making $17,000 a year. <laughs> so Up north. Yeah, in Maryland, yes. And so the challenge with that is that she had to go to daycare, obviously, because I was working and going to school. And daycare, I believe it was something like $1,000 a month. Well, if you're making $17,000 a year, you don't have $1,000 a $12,000 gone. Exactly. And so um, what ended up happening is I went to go get a voucher for her, for daycare vouchers. But they told me that I can only get it if the father is on child support. And that was rough because him and I had agreed that I would never put him on child support. Either way, he didn't pay. He didn't pay with the child support. He didn't pay without the child support. But either way, um, I told him, I said, well, look, you're not working. I said, so it's either two options. You go get a job and help me pay. Or how do you feel about being put on child support? And he was like, do what you got to do and be put me on child support. I, I No lie. I have, this, I have this documentation in my, in my emails. I saved it because I knew there was going to be issues down the road. So... Um, so I put him on child support, um, and they they said that he had to pay $200 a month. So $200 a month from when she was uh, a few months old to 2017, he was $21,000 in arrears. And so uh, he never paid, but needless to say, it helped me put her in daycare, and I could afford daycare. Um, <clears throat> the finances was the biggest the absolute biggest challenge. Uh, and I ended up buying my first house at 23. So she was five. And at that time I was making $30,000 with a mortgage of 1200. So obviously that's tight. My car notes, 300 daycare is 350. Uh, I mean, not daycare aftercare is 350 a month along with all the other small bills. So needless to say, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, my credit got really bad. Um, but I was never late on my mortgage. Mm. There were moments where I didn't have money to pay my mortgage. And I said, God, what am I going to do? And I promise you, this happened on three occasions. Went to the mailbox and there was a check to cover my mortgage every time. How much was your mortgage at the time? 1200 So you're getting checked for $1,200. It was 1300 it was 1800 and there was another eleven or 1200 Where are these checks coming from? I don't remember. Oh, so one came from... And this is, is odd. One came from when you buy your house um, and you go through that whole process, sometimes mm. you overpay or whatever, and they'll send you a check back. And so one of, one of them was that. Another one, I can't even remember. I think maybe the IRS, and I don't remember what the third one, because at that time, I didn't care where it was coming from. I was just like, thank you. And the mortgage got paid. The, mm. And so I stayed in that house from 2011 to 2018. And the mortgage was never late. And it was just me and her rocking. So um, the finances was the biggest struggle. And then, of course, when you have kids, you want to get them active. You want them to be in the different things. You want to expose them. But when you're struggling financially, it's very hard to do that. Um, and the last thing I'll say about it is, oh, taking her to and from school, which I am still doing. She's about to turn 16 and I'm still driving her to school. Super mom. <laughs> I'm like, why? I've never been in a situation where she can just walk to school for one reason or the other. 
Um, at one point, uh, this was when she was in middle school, we were waking up at five o'clock to get her to the bus stop at 5.30. And then I would have to rush home from work in traffic and then go pick her up from the bus station at like four or five, no, about four-ish. Um, that's been really hard for me because it disrupts my day mm-hmm. going back and forth, back and forth when I'm trying to do other things. Um, and that's that's one of the times I was like, man, if only I had a partner <laughs> that could at least do one or the other. Uh-huh. <coughs> yeah. So those have been like the biggest challenges. But as far as raising her, I have a pretty good kid. I don't know. God, he, he knew. He knew what I needed. <laughs> and she's just sweet. You know, I have some issues with her, but it's not like what you see with typical teens. She don't mm. talk back. She's not smoking. She's not drinking. She's not skipping school. She's not out there having sex. She's not doing any of those things. It's just like a couple lies here and there. It's typical. Like, no, I did wash the dishes. You're like, there's a <laughs> dishwasher full of dirty dishes. Oh, I did hit start. You're right. <laughs> no, because we really don't use the dishwasher. Uh-huh. We hand wash. I don't really like the dishwasher. So now I'm like, come on, girl. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. Got you. Yeah. So where do you see yourself? Have you, ever, have you always seen yourself as a parent? I always wanted five kids. Five. Five. Five, I wanted five. Five, yes. Because I I grew up in a very small family. Mm-hmm. We were not tight. We are still not tight. And I was just like, I'm going to grow up and create my own close-knit family. I'm having five kids, and we're going to have big holidays. And then I had my one. I said, oh. <laughs> I said, uh, I don't know about that five. But where I am now, I think what's going to end up happening is I'm going to end up probably adopting or possibly being with somebody who will have kids. I don't know. Somehow it's going to happen. I just Mm. don't know how. I do want a son. I'm off and on with it. I do want a son. But when I start looking at her, I'm like, well, she about to be close to 18. What do I look like having a new one? I go back and forth. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So... You said you and your family aren't tight. Yeah. What's the reason behind your family not being so close? That's a good question. I'm really not. We're just really dysfunctional. So you said your family aren't close. Yeah, we're we're not close. Um, my grandmother's kind of like the glue to the family, mm-hmm. and so we would come around for holidays for her at, at her house in, in Queens. Um, but now she has dementia. Um, is she's not the same person, obviously. And, you know, there's been other stuff that happened in the family. Uh, for instance, like when I left my abusive relationship, uh, I needed a place to stay and my uncle turned me down. The only other option was my mom, but that wasn't an option because my brother lives there and he is mentally ill. Uh, and he, I grew up with his verbal abuse um, and it wasn't, super terrible but it was obviously bad enough mm-hmm. so um especially as i got older and i started really recognizing what was happening so yeah so um that just you know we just we're not close we're very small and there's not a lot of us and we just failed to create that strong bond so you say you were in a abusive relationship mm-hmm. was it abusive as into like physical mental it was emotionally, verbally, mentally, and financially. Verbally. 
definitely verbally. But it's, so the top two were verbally and financially. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know financial abuse existed prior to him. I was like, I had to identify it after I left. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, that's what that is. <laughs> Crap, he got me. <laughs> that's kind of like, he got me. <laughs> How'd I fall in that trap? So yeah. So what was it like being in a um, abusive relationship? <clears throat> uh, wow, it was grueling. It was, it was dark. It was scary. It was definitely scary because he can fly off the handles anytime. Uh, he was, at the time, was a lieutenant. He was a sergeant and then got promoted to lieutenant. He had a lot of guns in the house. He was a fairly muscular guy, taller than me. So, you know, you never knew what he was going to do. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you find yourself fearful of your life? Um, it, I didn't become really fearful for my life until the second round uh, when we broke up and got back together. And here's the thing about people who are victims um, in domestic violence. Um, statistics show that people return to domestic violence, uh, those relationships, seven times before they completely leave that person. And they return seven times. Seven times. Now, I only returned once. Thank God. I learned my lesson after the second time. <laughs> and, you know, I punched myself for even going back that time, but... It's a process that you have to go through. So it's really tough. So going through that process of leaving and then coming back, what was the reason for going back for you? Um, so <clears throat> I always felt like, I was like, you know, he can change. He can change. Now, at that point, I started learning about um, narcissists. And now that term is used quite loosely but when I tell you he was a true narcissist, he was very high level. Uh, you know, a lot of people used to tell me, you should create a movie because how crazy your life was with him. And um, <clears throat> so I thought that he could change. And I said, people can change. But when I read, when you do research on narcissists, it all says the same thing. They don't change. Mm. Like, this is them for life. Um, I still believe someone can change, but it's going. it would take a lot, a lot, a lot for someone like that to change. So I thought he could change. And number two, he, because uh, I had gotten a, before I left, I had purchased another phone because the phone I had, he had purchased underneath his name so that he can watch me and track me. And so I bought another phone and I was planning to leave because his it was his family that, started to make me see that I needed to leave. And uh, <laughs> so when I left, I left the phone and I left all the bags that he bought me. Um, and, you know, I did my regular routine, which is 4 a.m. I would get up, make his breakfast, uh, put it in the lunch bag where I made his lunch the night prior, um, and then make his coffee, send him off, get the girls, drive them 30 minutes to school, drive another 30 minutes to work work for eight hours, go get them, come back. And then by the time I get home, he's coming home from the gym because he goes to work roughly like four something in the morning. Well, he has to be there 4.30, 5 o'clock. And so he would go to the gym, he would come back. I would sit the girls down to start their homework, make their dinner, 
And then we would all sit down. And then after dinner, I would wash the dishes. I would do laundry. We lived in a 4,500 square foot house, five bed, five bath. So I was always cleaning at least one room. And by the time I finished all that, sometimes I would do his homework because he was in school uh, for his bachelor's degree. And then he would say, bed, you ready to go to bed? Because he never. So that's old man stuff. Yeah, that's how he's up. And he, I never understood why he wanted me to go to bed with him. Mm-hmm. But I realized he was too worried for me to stay up because he didn't know what I would be doing on my phone. So I had no social media. I had no contact with friends. Um, he shut all of that down. I wasn't even going to the gym anymore because he was so worried um, of me coming in contact with another man or whatever. He was very insecure. Um and so I forgot what was the question because I lost track. Do you remember the question? <laughs> uh, being scared, right? Yeah, oh, reason so, for going back and like, are you, were you fearful of your life? Yeah, so I was fearful of him finding out that I was planning to leave. Mm-hmm. So that morning when I made his breakfast, I knew I was leaving. And I had gave him his bag and I walked off and he was like, yo, what's wrong with you? And so my heart was pounding because I was like, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you ain't going to kiss me. And so that's the thing when you're leaving somebody, you can't let your routine change. Yeah, it has to be the same. It has to be exact same. So he noticed I didn't kiss him. And I said, oh, OK, and, you know, kiss him one cheek and see you. And as soon as he went to work, I rushed the girls off to, at the, it was summertime, so I rushed them to daycare. Took about three hours to pack my daughter's clothes, her mattress, which was my mattress in my house, packed as much as I could and left the old phone and took my new phone with me and, and just rolled out. Um, terrified, terrified, because I was so worried because he gets off so early that he might get off early, he might come home and catch me. I was like, I'm if he catches me and oh that was like such a scare scary experience the second scary experience was when we got back together this is the day we broke up he was flying off the handles because he knew that I was done with him and it had only been a couple months and he felt like I owed him financially and he said he said I know you're trying to leave I know you're talking to somebody uh you got some battery in your back and he was like but all I'm saying is this is how he talked all I'm saying is, you need to give me my money. I was like, what money? What money? He was like, you left me with the bags when you left. And the reason what? why you left me with the bags in my hand when you left, what he means is, I left him with all the financial responsibility when I left him the first time. But you weren't working, were you? I was working. Oh. I was making more money than him. I was almost at six figures at that time. Mm. And, um, and let me explain really quick. He bought a half a million dollar house with the anticipation that I was going to be paying it or paying a majority of it, which he did set up. And I eventually was paying him $1,800 a month. His mortgage was like 26. So he was paying less than a thousand. I was paying most of the mortgage. He ended up buying a 2016 brand new Escalade for 90,000. He ended up buying a Hellcat. He ended up buying an Equus and he had his old car. I had my Ultima. And but he put all that stuff on my credit. Well, I co-signed because he said he couldn't do it without me. It's a long story. But anyway, I had one hundred seventy thousand dollars worth of car debt on my credit. And so when I left, he was responsible for paying all that stuff. Rightfully so. It was his house in his name, his cars that he wanted that I didn't drive. But he felt like this is the 
messed up mindset that they have. He felt like I owed him. I was like, I don't owe you nothing. I said, let me tell you something. Because I convinced him to sell the Escalade. So I had gotten 90000 off my credit. And then I said, for the Hellcat, I'll give you, I think I told him five. I said, I'll give you five um, so that you can sell the Hellcat. Because I was only concerned about getting it off my credit. And so um, he knew I was refinancing my house. I had lied to him and told him that the refinance didn't go through. But he had, um, was, he had hacked into my email. So he knew. He found out. And he kept asking me about it. And he went off. And he threatened to kill me and the girls. And um, I had to talk him down. He's a talker. He used to lecture me for about one to three hours a day. No lie. And so I knew to get him to calm down, I had to talk to him because normally I'm silent. And uh, that, <laughs> that night, he wanted to play nice after the argument. He was like, uh, is the chicken in the freezer? I said, <laughs> I said, now why does it matter if the chicken's in the freezer? You don't cook nothing. It's always on he's me. He's, cook you dinner. he's like, well, he's like, you always say, you know, I need to help out more. So I, 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 I'm going to help out more. I was like, nah. We good. And so I'm sitting there ironing. He was like, so you going to work tomorrow? Now, mind you, he's worried because last time how I left him, I was supposed to be going to work. Yeah, I was supposed to be going to work. So he's trying to figure out your plan. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you going to work tomorrow? I was like, yeah, I'm going to work. Why wouldn't I? He was like, I don't believe you. (laughs) And in my head, like, you right. You better not believe me because I ain't going to work. But the idiot, he, he took my word for it. Now, I was terrified because he kept a, sh- was it a shotgun? He kept a shotgun by- next to the bed uh-huh. on his side. And then he had another gun in the drawer next to him. And then he had a third gun. I don't know where the third gun is. And so I just knew. I was like, this man going to wake up in the middle of the night and he is going to shoot me. So I did not go to You know when they say sleep with one eye open? I literally <laughs> slept. And at any movement, he did. I was like, <laughs> it was, it was terrifying. So next day came, he went off to work and I went to the uh, courthouse and I called his mom because his mom always asked me like if anything goes down, give her opportunity to save him. Mm. And so I did. Um, and uh, it was a lot of back and forth. I ended up texting him. I was like, yo, you got 24 hours. Because at this time we were in my house. I didn't say that part. In my 1400 square foot house. What happened to the previous house? So when we got back together, he was like, you coming back home? I said, nigga, I ain't coming back nowhere. I was like, I'm in my house now. I'm back in my house. And he was just like, he was like, oh. So then he had the plan of us moving into a one-bedroom apartment to stack our money because he wanted a $1.2 million house. But here's what's really the deal. He was running out of money handling that house and those cars by himself, which is why he wanted me to come back home. Mm. And by me saying I'm not coming back, I told him, I said, you stay in your crib, I stay in mine. He couldn't do that. So then he moved. He was like, you know what, babe, we're going to get this 1.2. I'm going to go ahead and put this up for rent. And uh, I'm gonna, we're going to all move into your house. Um, but I think I should stay rent free because you left me with the bags. Long story. Anywho. So that's how he ended up back in my house. And so, which is why he felt out of control because he couldn't control. He could only really control in his household. So with that being said, um, yeah, went to the courthouse. I told him he had 24 hours to get out and I would give him 2000 because I knew if I didn't give him at least some money, he was going to come back for me. So 
And that was it. I mean, he moved around the corner. From you? Yeah, he stalked me for a little bit. I think for a few years, actually. And I think he still watches. I definitely To this day? Yeah. Because last year, he FaceTimed me. After like three, four years, he FaceTimed me. How was that interaction? Oh, I ain't stupid. I ain't answer that. Oh. (laughs) I texted back. I was like, what you want? And he was like, um... Uh, I don't know who this is. Um, uh, that was an accident. He knew exactly who it was. Of course he did. He he wanted me to know something. Whatever that something was didn't matter to me. You got a feeling of what it may have been? Something, he what he does to his exes is that, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. <coughs> anytime, <coughs> sorry, something's in the back of my throat. But anytime. Right, going to grab some water. <coughs> anytime he levels up he wants to show it off to show his exes that he leveled up but what i know about him is that his level up is because he's abusing someone else's money to get to his goals Mm -hmm. so i know that he's with another woman and she she has like some doctorate degree but what i also know is that he's giving her hell and stealing her money. So he FaceTimes you, and you're trying to figure out why he's FaceTiming <clears throat> Yeah, but it was easy to kind of really figure out. Um, like I said, I know him well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him, and at the end of the day, it didn't matter because there's nothing to be jealous about. There's right, right. <clears throat> nothing to be jealous about because I know what he's doing to mm-hmm. the next person. And <clears throat> I... Is sometimes I used to say, like, I don't understand why his family is allowing it because they know what he's doing. Um, but I guess you can't control a, a, a grown man. But I think woman to woman, if I was his family member, I would be warning these women because he's destroying people. Mm-hmm. He is destroying people. So what do you feel like as a mom now by yourself, some of the challenges that you what you face now? Uh, right now, it's just about her future and um, just making sure I'm still setting her up for success. So, as a parent, you know, when you're, especially when it, you have some kids that are like straight A's and they're gonna go to Howard, not Harvard, Howard University, and <clears throat> they know what they wanna do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't have any concerns. Um, but for my daughter, you know, she has her business and, but she has other dreams. And so it's about how, how do I put her in a position so that she reaches her dreams so that she gets to those, those places. And that can be a little bit tough, especially when I'm still going after my dreams. And so I think the challenge of having a child young is that the two of you or you and your children are growing up together. And <clears throat> I think for, and I'm, there's no judgment. You have some parents that put their child's dreams and aspirations before their own. I believe you can do both. Mm. Yes, it requires a lot. Yes, I'm exhausted often. Um, yes, I fall asleep in my car when it's parked sometimes, but I would be damned if I let go of what I want just because I'm a mom Mm -hmm. and just because I'm supposed to help her. I can do both. 
And so that that might be one of the bigger bigger challenges right now is pushing us both to greatness. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it is. Do you feel as if as a child sometimes she may not get it? Sometimes she doesn't. Mm-hmm. We uh <clears throat> we had a big opportunity with the Georgia World Congress Center and they wanted her to be a vendor not just for them but for all their retailers. Mm-hmm. That was going to give her an adult salary, um, and she didn't get it. She didn't grasp it. She wasn't excited about it. She was initially, but when we had the meeting and they were ready to you know, turn on the green light, <clears throat> she had no excitement. And so I had to make the decision to say she's not ready, and so mm. I just didn't move forward. Now, I never told them that. I just stopped reaching out and responding. So, What's the business? You said, oh, her business is Cookie Crumble Bakery. So she does an online bakery business and it's done well since it started uh, December 24th, 2020. Yeah. And of all things that she could be doing, why cookies? She has been baking since a little girl. The Easy Bake Oven <laughs> drove us crazy. Mommy, Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> and I was a, I felt like a terrible parent because I was like, I'm not doing that. But her dad, you, she used to bring it to her dad's house and they would do it and uh-huh. she would do it with her cousins and then my mom would do it with her. I was such a bad mom at the time. I was like, I ain't doing that. I was like, them little cookies, what are we doing with that? So, but um, as she got older, I, I have a picture of her when she was like six years old and you know we would always do Christmas cookies from scratch mm-hmm. and design them. And so I have a picture of her holding all her cookies on a tray. And when we were with my crazy ex, she was like, I'm going to have a bakery business. And so we was like, what are we going to call it? And she's like, Z's Bake Cakes. That was the original name, uh-huh. Z's Bake Cakes. I created logos and we never did anything with it. And it wasn't until 2020, you know, just her hearing other um, entrepreneurs and whatnot and earn your leisure. She was like, I'm ready. I was mm. like, okay. I said, you sure? I said, because once you start, we are not quitting. She's like, I got it, mommy. Why'd you say we? Uh, because I'm her mom. She's gonna need support. Mm-hmm. You know, as a child, you don't you don't even have access to all the resources because you're underage. Yeah. And uh, I think it's necessary. You have a lot of kids out here that want to do things but don't have the support. Mm-hmm. That's no different from. And I, you know what? I think, I think subconsciously, I got it from my mom because <clears throat> <clears throat> when I had her. And I, when my, when family and friends thought that I wasn't going to be able to finish school and make it and do well, I would made the decision to finish school and finish it on time. And if it wasn't for my mom, my mom said, "Okay." So my mom helped. She was my help. The sometimes the picking up and watching her when I need to study that was the biggest thing. Watching her when I needed to study, um, when I needed to go to school and things of that nature. She was right there. I would not be where I am if my mom didn't help me. There's no way, especially with her being so sick. So I guess moving forward, now I find myself in the same position, just not with school, but with a business, which is better to me. Um, And it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm down. So, yeah, I've spent thousands of dollars in Cookie Crumble. And I'm like, you ain't, you can't back out. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't back out. I didn't quit. And so I'm not going to let her quit. And in the past, she has quit other things 
activities and she regrets it. And she was like, I wish I didn't quit. I said, I got you. I said, so the next time you say you want to quit, I'm not going to let you. And so um, I said, you'll thank me later. <laughs> so, yeah. Where'd the name Cookie Crumble come from? She came up with it. Really? Her favorite drink at Starbucks is the Mocha Cookie Crumble Frap. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, Z, what are we going to name it? I was like, do we want to go back to Z's Bakery? She's like, no, nah, I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. I don't really like it. And we we always was going to Starbucks and getting that cookie crumble um, frat. And so um, she was like, she came to me. She was like, cookie crumble bakery. I was like, yo, I kind of like it. I was like, I like that. I was like, where'd you get the name? She was like, Starbucks. I was like, okay, well, let's trademark the cookie crumble. So we sure. did your fifth year with a trademark. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. It's trademarked. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we did it through uh, Deanna Britt, who mm-hmm. you know yeah, passed away, yes. but it did get approved mm. um, uh, around the time she passed. Yep, I need wow. to do a follow up though. Um, yeah, I need to do a follow up. My friend's an attorney, so we're going to do that. But yes, we trademark Cookie Crumble. So if we wanted to, we could probably hit up Starbucks and be like, uh, "What's up? Yeah, y'all cookies. using my no? We, y'all using our trademark with a but it's." Cookie crumbles with a K, right? Yeah, is there a with a K? But I think I think Deanna trademarked it because we talked about it. I think she trademarked it for it to be with a K and a C. Really? Yeah, because you can That's do smart. that. Yeah. So if we wanted to, nice though, come up. Either y'all change it <laughs> or you pay up. Which one you want to do? So uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we wanted to make sure she was set up correctly. So what do you? What advice would you give to a mom who's trying to say, I can't make it, but for you, you can say you can make it because you've had her at 19. Mm -hmm. She was hospitalized for some time, came home with 10 different medications. Mm -hmm. You still busting out a 4.0 GPA, Mm -hmm. going through an abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. and you're still coming out on top. Oh God, that's weird to say on top. But uh, what would I say? Uh, it's it's about your determination. Um, I read a, a quote today where it says something something along the lines like, "Don't say that you can't have it because of money. Money is irrelevant because the money will show up." Something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing applies to a lot of other things. Whatever it is that you want and you desire. You go after it and things will fall into place. You will attract the resources and the people to make it happen, to make it come together. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that it's all going to fall into place as as soon as you make the decision, but it does fall into place. It's all about what you want and how bad you want it. It's the determination. And so for me to take eight classes in one semester with a sickly newborn is... It's crazy. That's yeah. crazy to think that. Sure. And that was my first 4.0. The the semester before, which I didn't say, I had her the week of midterms. You had and, her in the midterms? Yeah, the week of midterms. I was in the midst of midterms, and I gave birth to her. And when they released me from John Hopkins um, Hospital, I drove back to school, told my teachers that I had a baby and that I needed to take my midterm. Now, they didn't believe me. I had to show them my documentation because I was so small. And I finished that semester with her in the hospital at 3.85. And then the next semester with the eight classes, that's when I got the 4.0. But the point to it 
is I was so determined. There was mm. nothing that was going to stop me. Yeah. And I will say that I'm still, I am still working to get back to her because that 19 year old was fearless, truly fearless and was knew something was going to happen. And it mm. happened. It was, it was crazy. The house, me buying a house at 23 with a five year old with $30,000 Somebody easily would have said, you can't do that. But I was so determined, somehow the money came together Yeah. for it to happen. The price of the house had dropped so low where it made it affordable for me to buy. I had a three-bedroom, four-bath four house, townhouse. It's a nice size with a basement. Unheard of. For sure. So um, determination. It's about what you want and how bad you want it. And if you don't want it that bad, then you ain't going to chase after it and you ain't going to have it. It's just really that simple. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to get back to her, the 19-year-old Janelle. That piece, not all of her, because uh, I, like I said, I'm in a good place. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm, I'm actually seeing that happen. So mm -hmm. not that I want to be the 19-year-old Janelle, but the belief level that I had. Okay. And so now I'm starting to see that happening now. It's getting stronger and stronger. And the more things keep happening, mm -hmm. the stronger the belief. For sure. Um, it's just like something that I'm working on right now and the, mm -hmm. the, how it's all coming together. Because I kept saying, how is that going to work? I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. And it's just like coming all together. People. Um, God moves, you know, when you're obedient. And you share with him your des des the desires of your heart um, and, and as long as that is, it's good for you and it's good for people and Absolutely. it still serves um, the purpose that he placed on your life, then he'll move mountains and it'll happen. So how can I help you get back to 19, Janelle? The portion that you miss. Uh, I'm trying something new, guys. <laughs> how can you? Well, okay. So I think it's more so in the short-term rental space. So I, I know we didn't talk about that. What most people call Airbnb. Mm -hmm. um, I've been pretty successful in that space, even though I am a year in. I have more knowledge than most hosts do. And um, what I'm trying to do now is to go international. And that scares the living life out of me. Because <laughs> I'm like, can it be done? <laughs> Why don't you think it, can be, it can't be done? Uh, resources again. But you did say a few minutes ago. I did. What you want, you will attract. I did. So that's why it's, this is just about just taking the steps forward and just, and just doing it. So okay. how you can help me is holding me accountable to, I did set a date to travel to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Things happen. For sure. But you're going to, you're going to hold me accountable to the new date. The new date, which is? Um... Of a calendar right It's here. going to be the end of March. End of March. And the reason being is because my daughter's birthday is in the middle of March. I've been asked to be a guest speaker for like two or three different things. Are you lit? I, you know, things are, are happening. I told you. <laughs> I told you guys, like, I got you. For sure. Um, and in all of that, you may find the resource you need for the Airbnb. Yeah. International. The international, yeah. And I've already come across people who are already doing it. Um and right now I'm debating mm -hmm. between rental arbitrage and owning and rental arbitrage is just using other people's property mm -hmm. to do short term rentals or Airbnb. Um, and a lot of people are telling me to go the short term. I mean, the uh, rental arbitrage 
uh, path. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I have a feeling in me like I was like, but I think I want to own. And so my own, I think I think you do. Yeah. Because ownership has been very important to you. Yeah. Ownership is very important important to you. And I feel as if. If you at 19 could own a house, mm-hmm. you at what was second age or second house was what? 20? Uh, oh, I was tw- that was t- 2018 when I I built my my second house in 2018. Oh, OK, wait, hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. That was 2019. I left him at 20 and 2000. That's 2017. I don't know. I was probably like 32. 32. This is a 32. And right now you are 35. Why can't you do it again? I can, because if I did it before, I can do it again, even yeah. even if it doesn't look promising. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I I absolutely can. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna set the trip. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have a realtor there that's gonna help me, mm-hmm. and um, Mexico is gonna be the first place, and then we'll keep expanding. Property. To own property and then have my units, and so the reason, part of the reason why I'm switching is because one, I want to do luxury. <clears throat> I'm good in that space. Mm-hmm. I know how to service people well. Um, you and look like luxury. Th- thank you, thank you. Um, and where everybody, a lot of people are focusing on having multiple doors. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a hundred doors. I don't want a hundred doors. I don't want to manage a hundred doors. Nor do I even want to have to hire somebody to manage 100 doors and then they have to come to me about it. I don't want that. I said, well, what if I do luxury um, that's international where I know people are going to travel to, they want to be there, and they're going to pay the money, the type of client that I want, they're going to pay the money, For sure. no problem. And then I can make more money with one property that maybe five properties can make. Make it with one and maybe have five, six, seven, eight properties across the world where I would like to travel to. So now when I want to travel to these different places, I have a place to stay. Genius. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. That's where, that's the road. Don't y'all take my idea. Okay. So I want to move to Tanzania. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I love um, it. You need a house out there? Uh, let's do it. I'm dead serious. No, I'm serious a too. The goal of mine is to live in Africa for six months. I want to I travel that. the world. Yeah. Like just be all over the place. Really? And my business is pretty much just doing what it needs to do on the side. But I don't, one for me, I don't feel like Atlanta's home. Me too. I feel like it's just like a pit stop for me. Me too. <laughs> I had just had that conversation. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to put roots here. But how'd you get here? I got here because it was a determination. It was, I walked I literally walked towards fear and you're like, oh, you're just moving to a new city, but you don't understand, you know, uh, it's just me. Gosh, yeah, it's just me and, and, and Z and my mom has always been my support. <coughs> mm-hmm. My six figure job is in back home. Hey, boss. <laughs> I worked hard for that now. I mean, I don't work hard now, but I worked hard for that getting there. <laughs> and, um, you know, again, being a single mom, that mm-hmm. is a scary thing it's a very scary and i had just built my brand new beautiful house it was my first dream home and i made it come to life and so to up and move but it was a actually a a woman named uh amanda ellis a friend of mine and 
we did a a thing where we it was a group of us and we were manifesting the things that we wanted and she was like Janelle you um you're gonna have that the resources are gonna come together da, 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 da. and to be honest with you I was supposed to move to Atlanta when I was 19 and pregnant that's when I first got the vision to move to Atlanta but I was scared and of course I was pregnant and mm. I was like yeah not happening and um remember I said obedience yeah we're talking. 15 years later, and I still had the same vision and passion to move to Atlanta, but I didn't know why. It's just something that he gave me. And um, finally, we just I said, you know what? We're, we're going. Put the house up for sale. We're going. Let's go. And then when we moved, things started happening. That's when things started to come together more and more. Crazy. You lit. <laughs> you got lit. <clears throat> I'm so serious. Like, <laughs> I'm inspired. Oh, thank you. Like, seriously inspired because, like, you give me as a man mm-hmm. reasons as to why I can. Yeah. But I have none of what you have going on. I'm not a dad. I. But you still have struggles. Oh, for sure. I do. Yeah. But it's just like, if I look at your life mm-hmm. and I say, yo, Janelle is a mom by herself. Yeah. She's her by herself. She's an employee by herself. Mm -hmm. She's a business owner Mm -hmm. by herself. She's a momager Mm -hmm. by herself. You give inspiration to a lot of people who give a lot of excuses as to why they can't. I never thought of it that way. I think when I look at myself, it doesn't seem like much. But it's a lot, though. From somebody looking on the outside in? I guess so. A lot. Yeah. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Maybe not. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, what we do, which is the worst thing for us to do, is to compare. For sure. And so, you know, when you see other people so much further ahead of you, it's like, oh, God, (laughs) I got so much work. So I think sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. and I think this is unhealthy, sometimes if I'm just relaxing and taking time to myself, I feel like, you should be doing something. I should be doing sure. something. I'm the same way. Yeah. And it's very unhealthy. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I'm working on. One, finding ways to work smarter, to move forward and not have to, I don't have to exhaust myself, you know, to get to those goals. Mm-hmm. We just have to find, and, and leverage is one of the ways. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. I'm inspired, yeah. y'all. I'm inspired. <laughs> y'all should be too. <laughs> Janelle, thank you. Thank you. Um, for a refreshing conversation. Yeah. For telling your business. Uh, right? <laughs> so I'm going to do a quick commercial real quick. And I want you to close us out with something as powerful as you can. Even though your story is powerful by itself. Okay. Um, here we go. So this episode is sponsored by the Embolden Institute. It's the only place where I know that we're sending words of affirmation and words of encouragement every day. You can subscribe to my text line at 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. You can text me the word affirmation or affirmations for the people who just got to add S to things. Or text me the word heal to 404-476-6780. Are you subscribed? Nope. Okay. So um, we're going to get her subscribed. (laughs) Can't be on my podcast and not be subscribed to myself. I Wow, some friend. But anywho, um, listen, I am in on this journey and I'm embarking on this journey of one becoming, becoming a better man, becoming so much more than who I am. 
And along this journey, I want to take you with me because I feel like together we can do so much more than we can do by ourselves. So text me and come on this journey with me, 404-476-6780. Ms. Davis. Yes. Close us out and let us know where we can find you. And, oh, wait. What? You have something. What do I have? My ebook. You have a book. Oh, yes. And she's an author, (laughs) y'all. Wait a minute. It's an ebook. It's a book. Slow down. It's a so okay. It's a book, right? (laughs) A book is a book. You got ISBN? Wait. Nope. Okay. No. See, it's still a book, though. It's still a book. We're working on an ISBN. It's coming. Anywho, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Janelle Davis. New Home Secrets is my Instagram. New Home Secrets, no underscore, just straight New Home Secrets. I do have an ebook that is 10 steps to help you launch your first Airbnb without owning property and with little to no money. So even if you have bad credit, yes, you can do it. So that's what the ebook is about. It will help you tremendously. It'll help you for launch your first unit. And you can get the book at getnewhomesecrets.com. That is getnewhomesecrets.com. Um, and I would say as far as a, a closeout, I think, you know, at one point it was about the money, chasing the money, chasing the money, chasing the money. And recently, because of new relationships and just where God has taken me, it's not about the money. It's about love. Mm. And I know that's like, oh, boring. But (laughs) (laughs) it is so true because if you chase after the things that are meaningful in life, things will come to you. you again. You will attract those things. You attract those things. Um, Now, that doesn't mean not work towards the things that you want in life. You're still working. But if you come from a place of love and caring, when you are servicing people or providing them a product and you're providing them something that is of real value because you care, you're going to naturally attract the right people in the right audience for you. And so that's just something that I've been learning um, just along the way to appreciate the people and love on people and give from the heart. So um, again, that might be a little corny, but I'm telling you everything that's been happening to me within this last year has been because of that. The last thing, and I'll say that um, someone had told me um, because I was worried about what someone might think. And what they said to me was, Janelle, why would you care what one individual thinks of you if what you've been doing, your character and your reputation and things that you've done for other people precedes you? Absolutely. Right? Like, look at who all the people you've helped. And she named a bunch of different people. And I was like, why? And I didn't even realize yeah. I had done what I've done. And that's because I don't, my integrity is high. I don't look to take from people. I'm not malicious. That's the old me. <laughs> oh my! Now, we didn't get all J- that. Javon, no, there's a little bit of another side of me, um, yep. but that's only if someone treats me bad purposely mm-hmm. and tries to hurt me. But outside of that, yeah, and I think um, you do good things for people, and it comes back to you. Absolutely, that's it. There we have it, folks. Another yeah. dope episode with another dope person. That is Living Mr. Podcast. We are out. out. Peace.